I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Good morning, Ute fans, and welcome on in. This is the 2008 Sugar Bowl reunion, and it's powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your host and Utes insider, Trevor Allen, and I am so excited to bring you guys this stream. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Normally, we just have a whole group in, but uh, with how many guys we want in this stream and to get everybody involved, we can't have 10 guys at one time talking because then audio is just going to be drowned out and everything. So we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to have two groups. So we'll probably swap out in about 20, 25 minutes or so. We're going to start things off. But throughout the whole broadcast, I'm going to have former Utah linebacker Stevenson Sylvester joining me the entire time to kind of keep things flowing and to get those great stories from his teammate Sly. How are you this morning? Good, Trev. What's going on, man? <laughs> I'm ready to talk to uh, some of your teammates. Are you? Oh, man. I, just thinking about it, this opportunity, it's been, what, 13 years, 12 years? Um and I haven't seen these guys in forever, so it's going to be exciting for sure. We have two guys from our, our first group in right now. Uh, we're going to bring them in. Hopefully, the other two will join. We've, we've already got texts out and all that. First up, we're going to talk to former Utah defensive end Derek Shelby and former Utah linebacker Mike Wright. Guys, how are you? How you doing? What up? So, first thing, talking about the 08 season. A lot of the high you guys had a whole camera crew following you guys around. But for, for you, Mike Wright, all of that hype coming into the season, did you honestly feel that you guys were going to be able to bust the BCS, have you know a season of what you guys really ended up having? Um, that, yeah, I mean, I think we had a lot of confidence going into camp. Like we, I remember uh, when we were just looking at our, our schedule, um, I mean, we knew that TCU was going to be tough. We had an idea that Oregon State was going to be tough. Um, and we obviously knew about the team down south, and we 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 felt like we should have beat them the year before. Uh, and we just we had we had a lot of guys coming back. We didn't really lose anybody from the year before, and we finished the year before off like eight of we won eight of the last nine games. So we had a, we we were coming off super confident, um, and uh, we were ready to go. So I, I remember going going into that season. Um, I mean, we were, and then uh, the opportunity to play at Michigan for the first game of the year. Uh, was that, was, awesome. that was a big hype. 
that was the big hype. Like that was the one thing that we were all looking forward to. Like that was just like, you know, growing up, you turn on college football, you were watching Michigan play whoever. Uh, so to go play it, to go play at the big house was like, like, uh, you know, just a dream come true playing college football. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we were, we were super confident going into that season. Uh, and yeah, we, I mean, I don't know if we like BCS, you know, playing beating Alabama in the sugar bowl was like, we know that we know that's going to happen, but we, we definitely were confident going into that year. Crazy. It was like, I mean, you just, we started the year. The thing is like, I just remember ending the year we played Navy. Right. And then looking at like, dang, we really got everybody coming back. We'll have BJ coming back at quarterback. And then like, it was like January we were doing winter training and I'm just like, we got a team. And then, you know, started talking about Michigan and playing the uh, big house. That was just everything coming in. And the next, you know, media was talking about everybody coming in. I'm like, we got potential here. It's going to be awesome for sure. Derek, you guys had all that hype and, you know, it, it was actually kind of a, you know, a media circus from what Sly has told me. Training camp, what was that like when you guys finally hit the field knowing you guys had a lot of guys back and that you guys could have a really special season? Well, uh, all that talk was mostly from the older guys. I was a young pup then. You know, I was <laughs> fresh off the red shirt. And uh, I do believe, I do uh, remember just a lot of focus uh, just going on, like we could kind of run the table. So uh, for me, uh, a lot of my thing was just trying to get on the field. So, uh, yeah, camp was uh, very crazy out there. I want to talk about that, Shelf. You like, did you ever think in your mind that you'd play three technique? No, <laughs> I think no, when no. you first got in there, I was just like, "We go, why, what?" <laughs> oh, I, I definitely remember that because uh, when they told me that, I was kind of shocked. And uh, I remember at practice that whole week, I was just, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing very good at it. So. Uh, never thought I'd play inside, but, uh, I just remember that whole year. A lot of my just thought process would just stay in your gap and don't get blown off the ball. So <laughs> that was literally the mindset there. Mikey, what did you think when we had like four DNs in front of us? Like I was, I was blown away, but what did you think when we had like four DNs in front of us? Like, how the hell is this going to work? Man, I remember, like, I talked to these guys playing linebacker now that play behind, like, Star and, like, you know, all these other big tackles <laughs> yeah. that Utah's had come through. And I was like, man, for me, it was it was a race to go see if I could make a play. Like, I, you know, like, I loved having Shelby and Newman in there. But I'm like, these guys, I'm just as big. Like, I think, Shelby, I think I was bigger than you back then. Like, maybe oh, you had me by a couple of pounds. I was like, but, <laughs> but like, uh, I was just, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, it, like, it the dynamic of our defense and I think that gave us like an edge uh you know having that having that much speed out there so it it gave us a look um defensively that uh teams weren't used to and I think that helped that I mean that definitely helped us a lot uh but yeah no it was uh you know looking back at that now I just like dude that's awesome got got in and got some playing time and did some did some work for us but I, you know, I, I'm jealous of the guys that got to play behind those big, those big, those big horses in the middle, man. It was, it's, uh, it's, it's all good though. Yeah. All right, guys. I've actually got one more guy who just showed up. We're going to bring in former Utah safety, Rojo, Robert Johnson, joining us here. You're on mute right now, Rojo, just so you know. Rojo's coming in mid-workout. <laughs> yeah. What's up, y'all? I, I am. I'm, I'm training kids right now because Matt Asiata been messed up and we Matt yo Matt supposed to be on with us yeah <laughs> business side this is crazy but go ahead I'm, I'm here though I'm here y'all. we were just talking about heading into the season but you know something I want to bring up and this is probably going to be a little bit of a sore spot for you guys 
when, when I talk about playing the Lobos, what comes to mind, that was uh, probably a game that was a little bit too close for comfort, right, Derek? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember uh, that game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, something about New Mexico, man. They, they just always gave us a tough game. And those guys, they literally would go three yards, four yards, three yards, first down. Two yards, four yards. Like, it was a whole game like that. And their defense was just crazy. Like, uh, I always remember, uh, I believe it was Rocky Long, but he was just a blitz and maniac out there just throwing all types of looks. New Mexico, man, it was always a tough game. Yeah, we didn't get no offense. And that was crazy because it's like we had this high-powered offense with everybody. We go against Wyoming. We go against Colorado. We're putting up all these numbers. And we literally, in the last three years, can't score anything. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it was just crazy. And so, like, for what we remember – was two years ago, uh, my freshman year, we played at New Mexico, which we played at New Mexico that year. And, like, we were – I think we were winning. Mike, you might have been there. We, we were, were winning. Three, we were up by 21. We were up by three touchdowns. Yeah. And, like, we were just, like, so defeated at halftime. We were winning, and we were so defeated at halftime. It was like nobody said anything. It was just weird. And then New Mexico came back and beat us up. And so, like, Coach Witt was like – he was pissed when we went into the uh, locker room at halftime our junior year and, and it was just like, this ain't happening again. Y'all need to pick it up. And so whatever happened in the second half, I'm, I'm glad we, we, we skated out of there. It was, it was, was we definitely game. scratched and clawed to get out of that win. I'm going to refer all my questions about the New Mexico came to Rojo because that game Rojo just closed his eyes, came up and hit the hit. He was trying to come hit a hit stick on uh, some running back coming out. And I was right behind him and he just hit me right in the temple. Yeah. <laughs> Blacked out, spun around. I laid down flat on my face for like five seconds and then just popped up. And I don't remember much of that game. And that's that sounds, that sounds really about good. right. I was going to ask Mike it's if it actually felt fire. like a loss. It's a lot of friendly fire when it comes to things. So I'm sorry about that, Mike. Because I hit. I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep guys off of him. He comes up and just drills me. Uh, but Mike, did that game feel more like a loss? Um. Even though you guys still won the game, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely afterwards. I mean, you, it's funny because I've watched, I've watched the the video that they made the, with the camera crews that were following us, and like Coach Witt after that game, like was just beside himself. <laughs> even though we got a, even though we got a W, uh, so yeah, definitely. It, you know, back then it definitely felt that way, but. Um, New Mexico is a tough team. In the Mountain West Conference, we just – I mean, Air Force uh, – like, the, there was just teams that were tough to beat. And, like, it, you just knew it was going to be a street fight from start to finish. And New, New Mexico, Wyoming, and Air Force were, like, those three teams, regardless of what their record was. Like, you just knew that it was going to be – A gritty game. They're just coming at least for a little bit. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people miss that is, is that, you know, you still got to play the game. You know, no matter what pregame hype, you know, whatever Vegas has on the odds of the game, you still got to play the game. And uh, honestly, games, no matter what level, what sport, it's all about matchups. And New Mexico just matched up really well against us, and it was always tough. That's why Oregon State has, you know, really good record against USC. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's just like, yeah, we're supposed to beat them. But like, we just match up personnel-wise really well. And so that's why Air Force – Oregon State, those were always tough matchups for us. Seriously. So then you guys go from that game, which, you know, could probably consider thinking of it as a loss, but the game that I think goes down 
as one of, if not the best game inside Rice-Eccles Stadium in Utah football history. TCU, blackout game, you know, two top 11 teams in the entire country. I know you guys had that game circled on your calendar as soon as the schedule came out, but with everything lining up the way that it was, I mean, it, it was a really tough game where it was a lot of defense. First of all, how loud? Because fans can talk about how loud it was from being up in the stands. Media could talk about it from being up in the box where, you know, we're all glassed in. Yeah. But you guys were down on the field. All of the noise is coming down to you guys. How loud was Rice-Eccles Stadium? Uh, the best – it was definite. I mean, honestly, earlier that year we had played in the uh, the big house, and that's supposed to have uh, 100,000 people. But that place wasn't loud. Rice-Eccles was, like, deafening. You're, like, yelling to the guy next to you. They can't hear anything. Sign language. Got to come down to the line to touch you to get, like, a – like line movement calls like it's insane i, I love it yeah. <laughs> no question like and shelby's right like in order for me to tell shelby to move or whatever i literally had to bend down next to him tap him on the, hit him on the on the side and then let yell move <laughs> and it was so loud my biggest memory from that tcu game is the first game we were wearing all black that yeah. stadium was lit and then watching on film Literally the entire game, the camera is shaking. Yeah. That's how you know how loud it is. Of course, every play. Now, Mike, how cool was it for you guys? I mean, obviously, Brian goes down. You know, the offense ends up scoring a touchdown to go ahead. But you guys end up getting a stop. And we'll, we'll talk about that a pick at the end with Rojo here in just a minute. But for you guys to be able to seal that win by, by getting a stop, just, you know, obviously it was really, really loud. You guys knew you guys were going to beat them and, you know, keep your guys' streak alive. But just how awesome was that for you guys to be able to get a stop at the end? Um, I mean, we can talk about the play before Rojo got his pick. Uh, I don't know if Sly wants to talk about it. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Sly had, Sly had a gift of an interception that, like, it, I, someone – I can't remember who flipped it, but, like, it was just, like, all Sly had to do, like, it was just kind of, like, drop down in front of him. And, it's not uh, that easy, Mike. It's not that easy. The trajectory of the ball going in some crazy. Well, <laughs> no, listen, Ro- Rojo, Rojo, thanks you, bro, because you helped add him stats, and then he's got his Titan shirts on because of probably that. You know, just got a little extra uh, extra stats on that. But Ro- Rojo got I, help because I, I made both of the receivers go in the same area and then literally backyard pass from Andy Dalton. So, you know, it was, very, it was a lot easier for him. Hey, hey, it was. It, it, I, I helped out the team. I made sure to do what I need to do. Sly just made it better for me by dropping it with the brick hand. But, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It, you know, it happens like that. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes you save the life, you know? <laughs> I didn't want to be great. A couple of times, too. I mean, that wasn't like the only time that Sly did that. Like, he had, like, I just prayed for gifts like that and never got them. Sly got them all the time. And I don't think he ever converted on one. I don't. I mean, you got some picks, slide, but like you never got like the easy ones. You always had to That's make the Mike was never around the ball, Trevor. He was never oh. around the ball. He was always last to the piles. Oh, that's not even true, bro. Michael's uh, Mike like lead, led the team in tackles, but they were all like assisted tackles. Like he'd come by and like mm-hmm. touch mm-hmm. at the end just so he could pat his stat. Mike wasn't that. around the ball to get the balls like that. One Jay jump on pile. That's how I got a lot of stats. <laughs> and that's the technique in the league, Trev. Everybody does that. So what was, <laughs> what was the feeling like after you guys beat the Horn Frogs? I mean, obviously it's probably one of the still probably one of the biggest wins in Utah football history. 
was that kind of the you know staple? All right, we can beat anybody in this country. Yeah, I think um, so. I mean, I think we like we had three games that year that the all the fans rushed rushed on the field and just like to share that moment, that victory with all all the fans. Like, I mean, that's awesome. Like that doesn't happen multiple doesn't times happen anymore. Like, I think there's rules against it, right? From like fans, <laughs> gotta be like 2012-2013 when that Utah BYU game when it took three times to beat the Cougars. <laughs> But, but just like to have that moment, like, and you know, like but now with rules against that from stuff happening to share that with the fans, it was awesome. Like it's uh, like, we, we, I think we really, I mean, I don't know about these guys, but like, I really feel like we took it week by week. So like, it wasn't like, Hey, like we've done it. Like we, like we knew that we had San Diego state that next week. Uh, but just like in the moment, it was, it was just awesome to get that, that victory. And TCU was such a good team. Like, I remember that first quarter, like we like defensively just had not seen a team with that much speed. And so just like, it took us, it took us a little bit to like get the speed of the game up. Like the, like we, like they were moving the ball on us a lot. And just because that first quarter, because like we, we just really weren't ready for the speed that we were seeing. And then we eventually, we got up, we got up and could, we made those adjustments and then, you know, we were, you know, the rest is history with that. But like, it was just uh, to have those tough games and to come out with the W in, in those moments is, is just awesome. Yeah, talking about that game, I know I'm jumping in late on it, but, no, that TCU game, yeah, Mikey is 100% correct. Like, the speed that we saw was on another level, but we knew that we – we knew we had an advantage over them. We knew on defense-wise we'll play bend, don't break defense. Like, it started with practice, like with Coach Anderson always letting us know red line effort no matter what, and it was – and when that game came around, we knew that we was going to give up a couple of yards, but we was like, as long as we don't give up any touchdowns, we should be good. And then all of a sudden, the kicker missed a, he missed a couple of field goals. And I just remember, I remember like vividly the Sean Smith. Sean went over and tapped him on, on the back, said, man, it's okay. Like after he missed the second one. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Sean treated him like a little bit. Like, man, it's okay. You're going to make it out of this. In front of the whole crowd. So the whole Utah crowd's going nuts. You know, he just hit the thing. The kicker's head is down, and Sean's just, hey, I'm just like, okay. It was a good picture that showed that. I was like, Sean is crazy, man. Moving yeah. <laughs> on from that you guys went on to beat BYU but of what I want to go into now is of what this whole reunion is about is is that that a Sugar Bowl win um I know that a lot was said about Saban and Bama really overlooking you guys um and not really it's okay Utah Mountain West I know the media probably played you know a part of it but again it's off of comments from coaches and and players and stuff but they had some NFL guys on there like 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 Julio Jones and things like that and just going into that game, you guys, Bama was the favorite, but did you guys feel any different with Bama overlooking you guys? Did you guys feel more motivated, more fired up, or just what was your guys' feelings going into that game? Uh, for me, I don't, I don't think uh, – I know that people say that, but uh, I, I haven't been a part of any football team that looked at a game as like, we're going to lose this game. <laughs> I, I really just – I don't care if I win this game, so let's get that out the way. But – uh I think it's mostly the fans that uh, got, got us riled up because all week they're just yelling roll tide in our faces. Like as we walk down the street, <laughs> it's insane. Like all week they're just reminding you that they think they're better than you. So I think that kind of – it, it kind of helped us out, honestly. Yeah. And then like for me, it was uh, like the coming out. Like when we came out, to me, 
we should have been coming out the middle of the tunnel, like at the beginning, and get all the way out to the uh, to the fifty yard line. They had us come out the side, and we had a little fireworks. But then Alabama, they to me, I felt like they had all these crazy fireworks. They went from like, the middle all the way to the fifty, and I'm like, bro, I thought we was the home team. Like I really was like, wrong, you know? Like it's like they treating us as like we second, like like we're second citizens, and. You know, then the year before that, just to go deeper, the year before that, I remember, I think it was Hawaii that got Hawaii destroyed. Hawaii and Georgia. Yeah, 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 they got destroyed in Georgia. So a lot of people was like, this is a wash game or something. So to me, coming out, like us coming out from the side and they coming out from the middle, and it was like, come on now. We should have way more fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> He's pointing out the fireworks. We got some sparklers, though. <laughs> no, I, for me, like go, building up into that game, I, I remember – you know, just talking to the fans here in Utah, but like, you know, like weeks before the game, they're like, Hey, I got my, my plane tickets. Like Mike, just, just keep it respectable. Just like promise me that you'll just keep it respectable. Like you like, you don't need to give me a W just, just keep it, you know, close. Just, you know, and, um, but like, I, I mean, I remember having all the confidence in the world. I remember like having film sessions with Sly and just watching this be like, dude, we're going to, we, we got the, like, just, there was nothing on uh, that their offense was showing that I was like, worried about like it was like we obviously needed to get like our uh you know be prepared and everything like that but you know i knew that i knew we knew that uh that uh um sean was gonna be able to cover julio you know i mean for the most part at least he has good good matchup like obviously he was gonna be a tough tough matchup but we just felt great about how sean was gonna be able to match up with him and then just all the adjustments that we were making like it was just uh, like going into that game uh just had tons tons of confidence and 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 the one thing we didn't know about was how our offense was going to play and yeah. there's no offensive guys here i wish matt was here but like you know like <laughs> defensively we had all the confidence in the world but just like nobody knew nobody, nobody would have ever bet that we would have come out and scored 21 points in that first quarter and moving the ball like we did yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's like- favor though because we got them away from what they like to do like they like to Bama is historically a team that plays good defense, runs the ball. But I mean, when you're down 21, you're not thinking about running the ball. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. and they like I think that was the that was the game that we I think that was the most we ran cover zero like all, all season. Like we ran we ran so many blitzes and so many cover zeros where it was man to man. And to me, Coach Anderson gave us that confidence where it was like like no matter what, I believe that um, our team is better than your team. Our players can match up much better than yours. And um, when um the left tackle Smith Andre uh, Andre, Andre Smith, when, Andre, yeah. yeah yeah when he got suspended oh yeah Coach, Coach Anderson Coach Anderson was like we're gonna light we're gonna light them up like let's see what they could do and then all of a sudden they had an offensive lineman that got hurt too and they had to like play musical chairs or putting people in different spots yeah. and we just started like game over at that point games over at that point yeah, games over yeah. he's like in the blitz you're right we did, we ran so much cover zero in that game. Yes, Coach Anderson was just like, I love that whole premise. We ran Yogi Bear <laughs> assault kill zero. So much. Like, oh man, I, I got my interception off of, off of a couple of zero. I got my interception off a couple of zero. Manned up on a tight end. Was that was that was that? Or I thought that was uh, Deuce Badger where you had to do vertical hook on the back t- the tight end. Nah, it was zero because I was sitting there reading. I didn't move. I didn't move. Yeah. Hey, it was easy, you know. I I had to trade Mike. I'm like, Mike, I want to blitz. <laughs> and so I made Mike go into coverage. 
<laughs> and then I came off with a long stick. I think it was Koa. And I freaking got in uh, Parker Wilson's face and he threw the right ball to you. I, Mike always knew that I, I, I made it at the last second because, you know, we can't make changes at the last second. So um, I wanted to so make sure. Hold on, Sly. Can we, can we talk about your uh, sack dance really quick? Oh, Zach Dan, let's get him started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have did the Sean Merriman. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> you missed the whole. You missed the whole. You, flag, <laughs> you did the Sean Merriman. Then it was the football. So, Man, so, so, I was, no, it's like, go ahead. I was just in the moment. You know, I, I was so juiced because, you know, that was the first series. And I was talking mad crap, first of all. Because just like Mike said, it's like, we literally were in New Orleans and even the week before, and we're just studying so much film. And we're hearing all the stuff on ESPN about the matchup and how 90% of the nation is is, is going for Alabama. I'm just like, why? Like, I, I don't get it. What what are they doing? That is so crazy. And so getting into the coin toss, you know, uh, with, with their center, whatever his name is, McCall, and man, I was I was just looking at their quarterback like I normally do in every coin toss. Coin toss and he decided he said he he was going to kill me. I was like, you better pack a lunch, homeboy. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> and, so like, and at first series, you know, I it was like we have to get a start. You know, I think everything goes off of momentum. And, and you know, me being one of the leaders on the team I was like, we got to make some kind of play. So I'm I'm so happy that Coach Anderson called that blitz on third down and long. I was like, this is it. I timed it perfectly because I saw I saw the uh, play clock go down, and I'm like, okay, I hear the I hear the cadence. He's about to snap this right now. So I just timed it perfectly, and I got back there quicker than I even thought. And then I don't know the the pose just came after that. <laughs> <laughs> Something that uh, I I want to bring up to you guys. So last year when when COVID really hit, we were trying to come up with some you know creative content. I know that Mike Wright jumped on this stream. It was a great youth debate. It was sly and BJ debating against Quinton Ganther and Eric Weddle of who was the better team. And Derek Shelby put out a tweet that I want to, I, I want to talk about here in a minute, but some, something that Eric Weddle said going into that sugar bowl was he and BJ were, were uh, texting a bunch, Brian Johnson yeah. and going into that game. Brian's like, we really have something for them. And Eric's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. So Eric went and bet a bunch of his teammates on the, the uh, chargers. And he said he collected like three thousand dollars from you guys, just so you guys know, from that game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna question that number because I know how NFL bets go. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was actually probably being a little bit more Chubby, on the white Chubby, side when he when he said that. I'm like, that's all. <laughs> but but I then uh, you for a minute, now three grand is it? <laughs> I mean, maybe there wasn't a lot of Bama guys on there, but he, he was saying something like that. And, you know, again, I, I'm not in an NFL locker room. I don't know what these bets are like. Um, I do know what NFL players get paid, yeah. but that's about it. But, um, you know, and then, Derek, you actually tweeted out that pumping up this stream that – and you went out there and said it, this is the best Utah football team in history. There's another team who went without a loss and busted the BCS as well. They were probably a little bit more dominant, but you got I mean, there's a lot to be said about which team is better. What uh, makes uh, what it. makes 08 better than 04? Uh, I think for me, honestly, like look at the number of years of like the players that went on to play at the next level. Like if you add the years, like there's Alex Smith, and uh I'm pretty sure there's some more on there, but uh I 04, like I, I, I Weddle, Weddle. 
<laughs> oh yeah, for sure, Weddle. Uh, yeah, you got some all pros on there, but I mean, Koa Kruger, Slough's in the NFL, Rojo is in the NFL, Sean was in the NFL, RJ was in the NFL, David right. Reed, Beatles, Schla- was Slaughter off? Slaughter off again. Yeah, like, yeah. Go down the line. I'm telling you, Silver. <laughs> you make a really good point. <laughs> That's Brandon Burton. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah. I, and it's crazy because I said it before. I was like, you know, their offense was very powerful. Their offense was putting up putting up points. Yeah. You know, but then you know you had Eric Weddle that was a defensive player that was putting up points too. You know, running a wildcat. But in reality, I felt like our defense can match up with anybody that um anybody that lined up on the other side. Because even um even that Sugar Bowl year, I mean, I felt like I wanted Florida really bad, and I felt like defensively we wanted Florida. Because we felt like in our heart that Tim Tebow and that offense was very powerful, but we wanted to we wanted to show Coach Witt that we had his back about who's the best coach and who coached like who coached it the best. Um, but defense wise, going against that 08, I, I'm 100 percent sure that we would have won that game. And I'm not saying that we would have we would have dominated. We would have slowed that offense down. The offense was very good, but we would have slowed them down. And that's all you need is to slow it down. And we could, like I said before, we played a lot of bend don't break defense throughout that whole season. There was a lot of times that um, a lot of those games felt like we can we can lose either way, but we felt like defensively, if we're the last person on the field, we can definitely win the game. Final thing from uh, Mike Wright, Rojo, and Derek Shelby, and then we'll cut you loose because we got our, we got to move on to our next group. But what does the 08 season mean for you personally? We'll start with Derek. Uh, for me, it just gave me a lot of. Uh, a lot of great players to like try to model my game after, you know, uh, I named a couple guys, but, uh, those guys really helped, uh, help me push myself to, uh, be like the player I, that I ended up being because, uh, just learning from those guys, Paul, Koa, uh, I could can never be thankful for all those guys. Mike. Uh, I mean, for me, just great memories. Like, I think we kind of put together like the blueprint of like success. I feel like, like at the start of the year, like we all put like wrote down goals and like, uh, like held, held each other accountable as a, as a team throughout the entire season and ultimately achieved what we had set out to achieve from the very beginning. We hit all of our team goals. Like that was like the one thing that probably like has never happened in a, maybe one other time in a Utah football season. And we've talked about it a little bit, but like it just doesn't happen very often. And so kind of give me that blueprint of success, but just all these good memories and like, and just hanging out with the guys was probably more fun than even like playing in these games. And so like, you know, these opportunities to come back and chat with these guys about, you know, what we did in our playing days uh, is, is awesome. But um, it's it, – and then, but, you know, like I got to thank Alabama too because, like, after that, like, they make they make the fact that we beat them more and more unbelievable every year. So, like, it's – that's great. Like, thanks, Nick Saban, for that because that's great. One of your losses. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Joe? And then for me, um, I mean, it was family. Like, I mean, these my boys, these my brothers. And, um, I mean, it meant everything to me to uh, be part of this team. But then also, like, the off-the-field stuff that we all, like, connected on. And, um, you know, it got to a point where the coaches defensive – I mean, defense-wise, it got to a point where the coaches didn't even have the coaches on defense. We all understood that we had our job, and we all understood that we had each other's back. It really became, like, a full family. And now, like, even after 08 – I still reach out to Mikey here and there to talk to him about a couple of things. And, you know, right now with the way the world is going, it, we never seen color line when it came to our team. We all seen one goal and we all stuck together. 
And that was the one thing that I loved was just the family side. Like we we big on family. We all catch up with each other, kids and different things. So the family played the big factor into us being undefeated because we really had to depend on each other and we had to like have each other back no matter what. Even if somebody made a mistake, we always had each other back. Sly, do you have any parting shots for these guys before we let them go? I hate every single one of you. I hope you I never see you again. Nah, I love you guys. Appreciate it, man. Uh let's connect soon. Yeah, yeah. Send me your makeup guy, bro. You look great. Wow, you see that? <laughs> Fresh. Like that. Got you. Derek, Mike, Rojo, thank you guys for joining us. I really do appreciate it. All right, oh, thank yeah. you. All right. All right, there you go. That was Derek Shelby, Mike Wright, and Rojo. We missed out on Matt Asiata. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.